Hi, I'm Melanie Welch, and this is the Unmaking Me podcast. Here, we have a space to talk about the experience of transforming our lives to build a life full of joy and purpose. If you're feeling unsatisfied with your life, even though you've achieved all the things that society has wanted from you, this is a place for you. We connect about our experience as we learn, grow, and heal those tender parts of ourselves to allow for something beautiful to emerge. These are just my opinions, beliefs, and experiences, and in no way a substitute for care from your qualified healthcare provider. Hello and welcome to Unmaking Me. I'm Melanie Welch. I am so excited for this episode. I think you'll be so thrilled to hear from my friend, Dr. Cindy Landy. She is a physician. In fact, she is an award-winning physician. She was one of Canada's Family Physicians of the Year for 2020. She's an educator. She's a lactation consultant and breastfeeding expert. And she has so much wisdom to share in this episode. Enjoy Cindy's wisdom, and I appreciate you being here. Hello, and welcome to Unmaking Me. I am so excited for this conversation. I am here with Dr. Cindy Landy. She is an amazing person. She is a physician. She is an, a lactation consultant. She's an expert in breastfeeding medicine and uh, has done so much in her life, including being an educator. And she is a mentor and friend of mine, and I'm very excited for this conversation. Cindy, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an honor. Okay, let's jump in. So Cindy, um, can you tell us a bit about your story and how you got to where you are today? Well, um, it's a good question. I would say that I ended up in medicine because a whole bunch of reasons. I mean, there's so many good things about medicine. Um, I love helping people. I love the science behind it. Um, I was a good student, so it was just kind of the thing to do. <laughs> and um, and then I think I got kind of wrapped up in that with you have all these expectations placed on you. And a part of it is you, you fully embrace those and you succeed and you get a lot of positive reinforcements for succeeding. And it becomes this cycle that you end up on. Hmm. And, uh, and I have been very fortunate. I've done well in high school and university and then got into medical school after several tries, actually. So a bit of persistence there, <laughs> yes, <I did> <laughs> exactly, but finally got in. Um, and then I ended up in family medicine and thought, um, okay, well, now I'm here where I'm supposed to be. Um, but is this where I really want to be? So mm -hmm. this has kind of led to some of the conversations that we've had where I've, um, I've had to sort of reinvent, well, wait a second, are, am I here because I'm following other people's expectations for me and what one does when they're in medicine? Or am I here because this is really what I want? Mm -hmm. And so I've, you know, through a, a number of different things in my life have, have had a chance to really examine what I want. That is so important. I'm just like, I'm inspired by that piece because I'm working through some of that myself right now too, as I've spoken about. And I, I think it's a really hard and brave thing to do to re-examine a career that has so much attached to it and a life that has so much attached to it. Um, what has that process been like for you and kind of unwrapping your career and your goals for your life? That's a good question. Um, it's hard. A lot of it has been kind of extricating myself from like, there's so much of 
what I identify with myself as being a doctor. Mm -hmm. And it's become so much a part of who I am that it's hard to pull out who I, you know, what's really me, what's the culture of medicine. Um, there's been a lot of self-exploration. It's come out of a place of hitting a real low and coming mm -hmm. from a place of burnout to kind of thinking, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And then having to sort of build up like little building blocks from there mm -hmm. as to what, you know, what do I really enjoy about my job? Um, what do I want to get out of my life? What do I enjoy about my life outside of work? And realizing that there is life outside of work. Mm. I mean, that's that was one of the yeah. first steps, you know, because it's yeah. such a part of my identity. I can totally relate to that. That is, that's, I think that is, it's such a challenge to, to realize when you get to a point where you are so enmeshed with your the culture of the work that you do in particular, I don't know if this is true in other industries, obviously don't have experience with them in the same way, but in medicine certainly it does become so embedded in, I think who we are as people that it, it, you know, you start to realize you, you want to find some purpose and maybe it's, it's challenging because it's so embedded in, in work as well. What have you learned about yourself that you love? Like, what are the things that you love doing? So I love, I love connecting with people. That's one of my favorite things. And when I look at what I love about my current job is the chance to connect with not only not only my patients, but also my coworkers and mm -hmm. um, really enjoy having meaningful conversations with people. So I love that. I love being able to make a difference to somebody. So, um, you know, and again, this isn't just this. Again, what I'm learning is it doesn't have to just be through work. I can do mm -hmm. this in life, too. Yeah. but um, have somebody who's struggling with something. And then because of something I say, or I do, they have a better, you know, a better path. I love that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. I think that that, I mean, it's such a privilege to be in, in yeah, to be trusted in that way in people's lives. And I do think in medicine, we get, we get used to being so, I think people trust us so much that we're really a part of people's core, the core of their lives. And that's such a privilege. Um, and that kind of that, that connection, that relationship is, it's pretty unique that, you know, we have that, that, I guess, privilege really to be as part, a part of people's lives in that way. How have you kind of recreated that in other places in your life to be able to you know, recognizing that you can have that elsewhere too? I think just conversations with friends, with family, um, with my own, you know, with my own kids. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm definitely a big, a big um, sounding board for them. What you said about connection, I think that is really what drives me too. And I've I've linked it so much to work, but I, as you say, I realize there's so many other ways to to build those connections with people that you know can come in in various different ways. Um, how what do you see as your purpose in life have you kind of worked through that as you've been on this journey i think you know i had this epiphany one time i was i was actually walking through the stairwell i think of the hospital and i ran across a, a person i was going down the stairs they were coming up the stairs and they just looked at me and they just smiled like one of those little moments that you have where you just a total stranger you just make eye contact and you smile and I, I remember getting to my destination and saying, I think that is the purpose of life is mm -hmm. just to connect with other people, which again, mm -hmm. kind of goes into what we're just, what we just said, 
but it was just this little moment with this person who I have no idea who they are mm. or will probably never see them again, but I made this little human connection. Honestly, I think that that is mm. the purpose is to connect with other humans. Hmm. It's so powerful because it's such a mindful moment to be in that moment and to be able to kind of step out of it and see that. I think that is, it's so true. And we, and yet in our lives, we lose sight of it so much because we're so busy. There's all these other things going on and we're always distracted by other things. It's actually so hard to be present and to just appreciate someone for, you know, being human and not know anything more about them than in that kind of passing moment. I think that's so powerful. How do you bring mindfulness and those kind of the presence to your life on a regular basis? That's something I've been working on um, in the last few years. That's been part of my transformation actually is trying to be more mindful because normally on, on any given day, I have like 50 thoughts going through my head at a time. (laughs) (laughs) And so I've been, through through my teaching with the residents we've been um you know we teach them mindfulness and so as with any any of the things that are are really good when you have to learn it to teach it to somebody else you incorporate it yourself so i've been i've been um you know have been tasked with learning mindfulness and have been trying to practice it Mm. so i mean there's the formal mindfulness practice that i do with the residents or you know today i was in physiotherapy and i just kind of just try to be mindful while I'm lying there getting zapped and that kind of thing. Um, But on a day-to-day basis, I've been trying to incorporate more moments into my day. Mm -hmm. Like um, they talk about, I can't remember the word, but you know, before you're about to enter into a door, just taking a a quick breath and centering and Mm -hmm. um, just kind of, what am I feeling right now? And, and what do I need in this moment? Mm -hmm. Um, And, and kind of honoring that, or if I'm having, a stressful moment, um, just kind of stepping back. This is this is a new thing to me. I didn't do this before, but it's been so helpful is stepping back and processing, okay, what am I feeling right mm-hmm. now? And instead of trying to distract myself and jump into work yeah. uh, or food or, um, you know, a glass of wine or these other things that distract from feeling, mm-hmm. I actually try to pause and you know feel my feelings Mm. um which is which is scary because i you know that's not something i am i i come to naturally oh i can completely completely echo that in my own experience that's a a similar journey to the one i've been on and i i didn't even realize i don't think until a few years ago that I was doing that, like that I was completely stuffing down my feelings in a variety of ways with work, you know, with TV, with social media, with food, all of that. Like, I think the process of learning to feel your feelings as an adult is so interesting because um, it just opens up so much knowledge about yourself. This journey that you've been on and you've, you've obviously, like there's so many pieces of yourself that you're exploring right now. What was there a catalyst? What was the moment that kind of led you down this pathway? You talked a bit about burnout as being part of that. Was there something that made you realize you had to kind of turn inward for that exploration? Yeah, I think it was a combination of a bunch of different things. So, um, you know, our our current political situation is not great for family Mm -hmm. doctors. um, And that combined with the pandemic was a double whammy. And so, 
just being hit with both of those things was kind of an all all um, time low for my career. Mm. And there was something, um, it, and so it was that, and, and just as a way of trying to keep afloat, I was trying to take in as much information as I possibly could. I was doing a lot of reading of Brené Brown and Kristen Neff, and I know you, you know, some of these authors some I probably got to, from, yeah, from <laughs> you and your suggestions. Um, uh, so I was, I was doing a lot of those audiobooks, just trying to keep some some ideas and concepts to just keep me sane, basically. Mm -hmm. And then it was a combination of um, there was something that um, the government was was threatening to release the sunshine list, which mm -hmm. was you know the list of how much family doctors, well not just family doctors, but how much doctors make, and it was anticipated that people were going to look upon this really critically. Um, and I thought, well, yeah, but what they don't understand is that as much as a family doctor makes, they have to, they have to pay a whole bunch of money to run a clinic. And so it's not actually how much they take home. And it was like this light bulb went off in my head where I was like, wait a second, I don't have to run a clinic. Like this mm -hmm. is, this is again, the, one of those rules that you just take in. This is how medicine is done. You mm -hmm. just, you become a family doctor, you open up a family, a family practice and you pay a bunch of stuff and you pay for all of your stuff. And I thought mm -hmm. that's like, why? Why does that have to be the only way to provide care to patients? And I started to think, well, what if I didn't have overhead? And what if I didn't have a clinic to run? And could I do what I love about my job and make a whole lot less, but still be able to get by because I'm not paying so much for overhead? And it was like this light bulb moment. It was so freeing think of, another possibility like that might not be a possibility that works for other people but to think that there are other options available it's amazing how those moments like I, I always wonder about what's happening in that moment when you get that light bulb moment like what are all the components that led to you know that epiphany coming the way it did as you're kind of thinking about that now in retrospect what you know what do you think led you to sort of re being willing I guess to reevaluate everything I mean, a just pure desperation because <laughs> what I was doing wasn't working for me. Yeah, and something needed to change. Um, but I think that probably in and around that time, one of the key books that I was reading was um, "You Are a Badass" by Jen Sincero. Oh, yeah, and yes, she, I read it after you suggested it. <laughs> did, yeah, and she talks a lot about just putting out the putting out what you need into the universe like it sounds it sounds kind of hokey I'm not really into the the hokiness or manifesting things or that sort of thing but it was that kind of idea that you know like dream of what you want in the first place because I mean how can you achieve it if you haven't dreamed it in the first mm -hmm. place so dream of what you want and then just make it happen mm -hmm. and so that's what I thought I thought okay this is a model I've not seen before um, but I would love to have a practice without an overhead where I can help people. Um, we've talked for quite some time about um, moving to British Columbia, mm -hmm. and we'd always intended on doing it when I retired. But I thought, why? Why wait till I retire? Like, why put up with another Calgary winter? Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so I thought, yeah, like we could do this. We could moved to BC, I could have a practice with little overhead. Um, and I don't 
see why this can't happen. I mean, I'm, when it when it happens, which will which will be soon, I, there's going to be snags in the road. Mm -hmm. But I have this feeling like I've overcome challenges before. Mm -hmm. Like I'll be able to overcome those. It's going to work. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just such. I mean that that single week turned my whole outlook around from feeling hopeless and in despair and just like down in the muck mm -hmm. to feeling like there were all these possibilities and there was some hope. Thank you for sharing that. And I really appreciate your courage in sharing your story. I think there, one of the things is I think there's so many people, whether they're physicians or in any other career that are sort of well, like we feel stuck in our lives, I think sometimes. And it's amazing how our perspe a perspective shift can change everything. I've, I've kind of been in the same boat too. I am sort of fascinated by that process of how our perspective can kind of completely, you know, completely shift and then catalyze this huge change in in our lives as a result of that. I, I think there's really like whatever it is about manifestation, that piece about the vision is so important. Um, how how has this changed your life? I think how has that moment that week changed uh, what you see for your life moving forward or what's possible? I think it's just, I mean, it's made the pandemic so much more bearable because, mm -hmm. um, because again, I could see a light at the end of the tunnel, not just pandemic wise. I mean, the pandemic obviously was very stressful in and of itself, but it, it was, I didn't have all of the, that stuck feeling on top of the pandemic stress. So it just made it so much more bearable. Mm -hmm. um, when I have a tough day at work, again, it gives me that little bit of hope. So it makes, you just always have that light at the end of horizon at the at the horizon um in terms of day-to-day -day life i yeah i don't really know i just i can't put it into words exactly but it's it's just that hope piece and that knowing that um that you can you have some control over what mm -hmm. happens and you have some um autonomy in deciding the direction that your life goes mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the, been one of the biggest pieces that I've realized recently. I sort of have been envisioning myself as as stuck in a situation that was getting what it just didn't feel aligned with who I want to be and where I want to go with my life. And it is it's like a moment where you realize you actually are in control of your life. There is no one else who's in control. There are circumstances, as you say, that will come and you will anyone will have to deal with whatever comes. But um, but but we do have the power to change our lives, and some of that does come from that vision that we have for it. And there and you know and there's sacrifices to every change, mm -hmm. and um, and there's no one easy path. But but ultimately, yeah, it doesn't have to be the way that people tell us this is you know this is how your path is going to be. Or in our case, medicine, like it doesn't have to be that one way. The, there's so much to learn um, from your experience and, and your willingness to, to it takes some vulnerability to be able to kind of step out of what you've always known and, and what the ideas that others are around you have to kind of envision a different life for yourself. So I think that's also so powerful, the willingness to be uncomfortable as you do transition to something new. How, how does that work for you? Like, how are you are you trying to take small steps, you know, to kind of move toward that discomfort or you're more of a big leap person? 
I think I think small steps because I'm I'm very much I love stability and so it's actually kind of a bit out of character for me to do something <laughs> that is new and on you know new waters um so I'm very much a I like stability I like predictability um <laughs> so now saying that it is going to be a fairly a fairly big jump um when that time comes um but then that's kind of exciting again because mm -hmm. i've not this is like a new part of me that i've never really flexed before because mm -hmm. i have always been you know following the straight and narrow and haven't done anything too terribly daring to speak of otherwise um Yes, to be determined. I'll have to get back to you on that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited to see where this all goes. I sort of have this vision, like as you step into this new life, that all there's like so much possibility for other things and almost like as a catalyst for other creativity and other opportunities that, you know, come up, I think. Yeah, you realize I, you're I think, free. <laughs> exactly. I think it kind of does open up the door too, because if you think I can make my career the way I want it to be, then where does that stop? Like I can mm -hmm. make my relationship with my husband the way that I want. You know, I can mm -hmm. express what I need in a relationship and dream what I need in a relationship. I can do the same with my kids and be like, okay, this is what I imagine of you know a great um, mother-child relationship to be, and just kind of put it out there. I mean. Mm -hmm. Granted, there's good, there's always two people in every relationship, so you can put out, yeah. you, you know, how you envision things and then you can negotiate how that's going to actually come to be. Um, but it, I mean, it, it, all aspects of your life, you can dream whatever you want to dream and then figure out what the reality is from there. Mm. Yes, yes, I, th I think that's like, it is so true that it's like this combination of vision and then also action but it has to be like manageable action i you know and that's part i've been kind of struggling with is like it sort of felt for me change felt so overwhelming it felt like i just couldn't push past that initial wall but then once you get past it you realize oh it's just small steps moving forward you know you move towards whatever it is and you might not always know what the next step will bring but you kind of know the, where the big vision lies and you can kind of you can move toward it in some way it might not always be linear but there's a path ahead of you somewhere exactly and it doesn't start at all until you make that first step mm -hmm. yeah. yes yes exactly that's been a big learning for me that piece about having to take some action um and and that discomfort too that it's not gonna that isn't always going to feel comfortable those steps aren't are probably going to feel uncomfortable because it's so new and different but maybe like you can tolerate a small amount of discomfort at every step essentially what yeah, brings exactly. you joy what brings me joy um spending time with my family brings me joy um being out in nature mm -hmm. i love being out in nature um the ocean, the ocean mm -hmm. brings me joy, which again is again nature. Mm -hmm. um, music, music, I feel music. Mm -hmm. I, I've heard, I always thought that everybody was the same. And I've since heard that not everybody feels music, that this mm -hmm. is something that is um, apparently not universal, but I feel music and it has the ability to make me feel emotions and joy is one of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So beautiful. I've never thought about that. The concept of of actually feeling it. 
I think about concerts that I've been at that were like a, such a powerful group experience, that kind of collective experience. And I definitely felt that. I'm trying to imagine like how I think music also gives me emotions. That's so interesting to think about how different people experience music and what it means to different people. That's fascinating. Yeah. Do you get goosebumps when you listen to music? I think so. Yes, I get goosebumps yeah. regularly. So I must the thing the thing I'm thinking about are these powerful experiences like at the when the tragically hip did their last tour. I um that that crowd, I've never felt anything like the energy in that space and it was partially the music and partially just the, the everyone being so like on the same page and it really what did feel like a vibration honestly in that space. Yes. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about live music. Mm -hmm. yeah. I wanted to talk to you a bit about that, the experience of live music, because you're a music lover and you you really uh, appreciate the, li the live music in particular. What has it done for your life? Like, where what has music offered you? It's my stress relief. It's mm -hmm. like my medicine. Again, mm -hmm. dealing with difficult, difficult, challenging times in my life, I always turn to music. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, you know, kept me going. Um, it's offered me lots of opportunities for travel. I've traveled around North America and even to the UK to uh, follow some of my bands and, and have a, you know, and that's an amazing experience, a mm -hmm. concert in, in Scotland, because I find that people in countries other than Canada are much more um, participatory when they're at concerts. They're, they're oh, singing, they're dancing, the energy in the crowd is, is much stronger. Whereas in Canada, we're so polite. Like everybody's, <laughs> everyone wants to sit and nobody wants to stand or, or sing true. next to person next to them. So, but it does, it, it leads to a more subdued experience. So um, that's been, that's been pretty cool. Just mm. being able to see different parts of the world purely because I'm following bands. That's um, so cool. Yeah. I, I find too, uh, I, I don't don't read much poetry, but I find that music is like my poetry. Sometimes mm -hmm. there's an emotion that you can't express, and then there's a song that just perfectly mm -hmm. encapsulates that. That's so beautiful. What do you see kind of as your vision for this next phase of your life? So moving on for this next phase of my life, um, I'm going to be an empty nester soon, which is going to be a transition in and of itself. Mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of looking forward to that. I'm hoping to still have close connection with my with my kids, um, similar to how my oldest one is because she's been out of the house now for six years. And so continue to main that, maintain that close connection, but not have the responsibility of taking care of them on a day-to-day -day basis, which again mm -hmm. is a little bit freeing and kind of exciting. Um, and then, yeah, do my practice out of um, out of the comfort of my house with a bit of a micro practice, be able to set my own hours. The, my ideal, so my ideal dream is wake up in the morning, do something out in nature in the mm -hmm. morning before I start my day, maybe start at like nine, because I'm not a morning person. So it kills me <laughs> even to start at 8.30 is tough. <laughs> <laughs> so, so maybe start my official work day at nine, um, be able to cook a, a, like a lunch, a warm lunch, because I'll be in my own house, mm. um, and then maybe work till like three or four, and then maybe again go outside and, and enjoy some of the nature. Oh, and um, yeah, yeah. So ideally, I'd be working, you know, maybe a six to 
eight hour a day, um, not have the charting that I have now because the way I can set up my schedule, I can probably do my charting in the time that I have, mm-hmm. have allotted. It's, it's kind of funny because when I talk to people about how I will be working much less, I'm anticipating a 40 hour work week, which to me is a dream. <laughs> 40 hours is just like a break, a rest. <laughs> exactly. So, so having that and then not having to do work in the evenings, not having to do work on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to traveling because without a family practice that I'm kind of tied to, I can go traveling for mm-hmm. weeks at a time. These are some of the exciting things in in the near future. Oh, it's so exciting to think about thinking about the extra space you'll have in the evenings, all the things that could come of that. It's really, it. I can see why you feel hopeful because it just, it does feel so like expansive to think about all the possibilities for you. I'm inspired I mean, by this journey that you're on. If you could share one message with us, something that you've learned or that you want to share with people from your experience, what, what would that be? Really anything is possible. Don't let yourself be confined to what has been done before. Feel free to dream big and then just make that happen. I cannot wait to see how this adventure unfolds for you over the next while. It's going to be really amazing. So one of the things I'm hoping to ask people kind of towards the end of our time together is around some tools for transformation. So thinking about things that you've um, incorporated into your life that have catalyzed or contributed to your transformation or any transformation that you've maybe observed. So I'm thinking about different categories. So how about a book? So I think the book would definitely be that You Are a Badass book by Jen Sincero. <laughs> Sincero. Now, there, I do have to say that, again, because I'm super, um, I, I'm a big fan of the stability. There's some of her book that I, I have a hard time, like the financial stuff, for example. She talks a lot about, you know, manifesting how much money you want to make, even if at the expense of, of borrowing. I, I have a hard time taking that leap. Um, yeah. But the rest of it, the rest of it really resonated with me. And um, so, yes, her book was a, was a game changer. That was very transformative. A song. So I think the, a big transformative song for me has been Bare Naked Ladies, of course, one of my favorite bands, um, have a song called What a Good Boy. Mm, I love and that song. <laughs> such a good song. And there's a lyric in it. I have, um, I have another uh, practice change that I've made in the past, but uh, there's a lyric in it. And that was very um, eye-opening to me about um, afraid of change, afraid of staying the same. And, um, yes. and then it, oh, I can't remember the lyrics exactly, but then something about they wake up and, and nothing has changed. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, because you can be afraid of changing. Um, and, but if you don't, if you don't change anything, then it's going to just be the same day in, day out, day in, day out. Mm -hmm. And you're just stuck in this situation where you don't, you're afraid of changing, but you're afraid of staying the same and you have to do something to change that cycle. So that's been a very transformative song. Oh, thank you. That, that is so powerful. How about um, any TV shows or movies that have contributed to change? I, I think one of my favorite movies in the world is Joy Luck Club. Oh, I've seen that, that for so long. I'm going to have to watch that again. It's so good. And I think one of the key pieces there was just 
there's a there's one of the stories is about this woman who she's a strong woman and she marries this man in university and he becomes a success and she kind of puts her life on hold to become his like um um, manager of his household and she's putting on these dinner parties and that kind of stuff and and Mm -hmm. she just basically loses herself in the process and they end up splitting up and um I'm gonna get teary now talking Mm -hmm. about this (laughs) but um and the whole theory or the whole theme of that story is that she's lost her sense of worth and she needs to really reclaim who is she oh I'm so because then there's this whole story with her mother of course and her mother and her worth. but who is she and how did she lose herself in this process and forget how much she's worth mm-hmm. and um it just really struck a chord with me and stuck with me and um yeah I just feel like we should not ever forget our own self-worth mm-hmm. and and fight for that, right? Like make sure we honor our self-worth and make sure that other people honor our self-worth too. Thank you. And finally, an experience that has transformed your life. In the midst of the pandemic and just a lot of, you know, they say that, um, what's the saying about diamonds? The diamonds are forged under pressure. Oh yes, yeah. So yeah, so just, those times that I've been under the most pressure and the most stress stress and you think you're just about to crack Mm. um those would be the most transformative Mm. experiences thank you Cindy you never disappoint you've taught me so much over the course of my life and this conversation was no exception thank you so much for being here with me it's very very meaningful for me to have this opportunity to connect with you in this way and uh, I look forward to observing as you continue to blossom on your next adventure well thank you and I look forward to you coming to visiting and um, yeah definitely we'll be there (laughs) thanks Cindy great thank you I hope you found that episode as inspiring as I did. Here are my takeaways. Number one, dream what you want, then make it happen. Take one small step at a time. Number two, why wait till you retire or to some later point in the future to do what you really want to do? What are you waiting to do that you could do now? Number three, reflect on how your perspective is keeping you stuck. Can you create a new vision for yourself which will bring you hope? Number four, you have more control in the direction of your life than you realize. Number five, take the first step. That is when your path starts. Number six, think about how music can influence your emotion. Do you feel music? Number seven, what do you want your ideal day to look like? Imagine it and build it. Number eight, don't let yourself be confined to what has been done before. Number nine, think of the Barenaked Baby song, What a Good Boy. The lyrics go, afraid of change, afraid of staying the same. When temptation calls, you just look away. What can you learn from this? Number 10, fight for your self-worth. Honor it and make sure that others honor it too. Number 11, pressure makes diamonds. These difficult times are often catalysts for transformation. Thanks so much to Cindy for being here. I hope you all found this episode as inspiring and hopeful as I did. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It is so meaningful for me as a new podcaster. And check me out on Instagram at Melanie is a free T-H-R-E-E. Thanks so much.